Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Resorted to using the bathroom 
just in the open public. They could care less. They could literally care less. Well, we also got to talking about the Supreme Court that voted 5-4 that they would uh, cut the razor wire down from the U.S.-Mexican border out in Texas. Yeah. Well, the mayor out in Texas has decided to put, you know, or the governor, rather, has decided to put up razor wire to protect the borders here so that the migrants won't, you know, come on into the United States over on the Texas side so easily. Well, they have voted, the Supreme Court took a vote, and they said that, uh, hey, you can't keep the people out. No, that it's dangerous to keep them out with such borders, and uh, they have been known to hurt themselves. Well, you know, listen, what else is he supposed to do in order to keep out the people who don't belong here? Yeah. Well, for the record, just so you'll know, Chief Justice John Roberts, Amy Coney Barrett, Katan J. Brown Jackson, Elena Kagan, and Sonia Sotomayor voted with the side of the administration that said, hey, take those razor wires down. Justices Samuel Alito, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Clarence Thomas voted with Texas to keep the razor wire up. And like I said, the administration side won. And uh, I don't know if there's going to be some kind of an appeal or whatever have you, but, you know, everybody's been angry at the governor for shipping all of those migrants over into the sanctuary cities, such as New York. Well, you know what? Can you really blame him? No. Yeah. He's not getting any help over there at all. Well, we also talked about the movie, The Book of Clarence. Yeah, have you heard of it? Yes, The Book of Clarence, The Book of Clarence. Yeah, it's the movie that was executive produced by our friend, (laughs) I like to say Pastor Jeff's friend, Jay-Z. Yeah, and... uh, the cost was $40 million, and uh, it did not gross anything, really. No, they say it was a major flop. Well, we were talking yesterday about when uh, when those who could care anything about the Lord, they tried to, you know, monopolize on the Christian person's money by putting out music or 
uh, movies or anything like that and, and it flops, well, it's because they really don't know what it's, you know, what it's truly about to uh, make what God's people want. Yeah, Pastor Jeff said that he went to go see the movie. Others said that, uh, nah, they stayed away. They stayed away from seeing the movie. And, you know, from the onset, you know, when you look at the preview, it looks like trash. Looked like it had nothing to do with God. Well, looks like most people kind of voted in that area. So they did not support. However, Pastor Jeff, who did see the movie, said that it was exactly the kind of movie that Christians would need to make and Christians would need to see. Yeah. It's filled with love, forgiveness. Just the messages were really heavily laden and uh it's a shame that more people of god did not see it well we talked about the fact that the uh preview didn't display any of that how do you miss that mark well that's how we got to the point of you know hey if you don't know what to put out there to draw god's people you're going to miss the mark because your angle is only money, 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 yeah. And it may not get you the return you want to get, yeah. So it was rather interesting. Yeah, it was rather interesting talking yesterday to our panel about that particular topic. And... If you've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph on a Tuesday, then you want to go back and hear one of Pastor Jeff's stories. Yes, he pulled out another one. Yeah, an amusing one at that. All right? All righty. And that's how we spend our Tuesday. So go back and listen and... uh be a part of the conversation. Yes, never too late. Never too late. Well, today is Wow Wednesday, y'all. We made it halfway through the week. Yep, 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 yep. Halfway through the week it is. And uh, we about to get that latest day started. Yep, this is the day. We get to hear from the ladies. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I'm stuck on that today. Mm. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Rubella is very contagious. If a woman who's pregnant gets infected during her first trimester or even the first 16 weeks, she may have a baby that's blind, deaf, and has heart problems. It's one of the leading causes of vaccine-preventable birth defects. When I first started in Rubella in 1994, it was on the back burner. And 
through a lot of hard work and working with dedicated people, we've been able to bring it forward. At CDC, we provide technical assistance in finding how big of a problem it is in countries that have not introduced the vaccine, looking at their surveillance systems to see how well vaccine introduction has gone, and we help them document the elimination of rubella. I do this because I love it, because I feel like I'm making an impact into people's lives. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to a due time with Pastor Steph. And it is Wow Wednesday. Thanks be to God that we are halfway through the week. We're not trying to figure out where, you know, where we're going from here or how we're going to get our day started or how are we going to make it? You know, thank God for a God who already does the work. He's already figured out how we're going to, you know, maneuver. Once we give him our first fruit of the morning. And uh, I'm so glad to be with you so I don't have to wonder where I'm going from here. All right. All right, well, don't let me make you wait any longer. We have our girl Vivian on the line who's going to give us our socially conscious segment. So let's say good morning to Vivian. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am better. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How are you, Vivian? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good, good. Well, you know what I always got to say, girl. Hey, what you got for us today? All right. Today on Socially Conscious, we are zoning in on New York City as I came across some interesting articles, at least in my opinion. So there was a recent study done where all 50 U.S. states were ranked using key factors such as quality of life, the cost of living, and health care to determine how retirement-friendly each state is, and New York City ranked as number Forty-four in the top 50 states where people should retire. They say while New York, excuse me, while New York ranks pretty high for the quality of life and in health care, they say the cost of living is really steep 
So the six other states that ranked below New York were Oklahoma, Rhode Island, Mississippi, New Jersey, and Kentucky, which landed in last place. They're saying unsurprising to most, Florida is ranked the best state to retire due to its low taxes for retirees. And in conjunction to this, I found a separate article that states New York City is the second worst city in the U.S. for bed bugs. So a national pest control company released a new report for the top U.S. cities where the worst bed bugs problems occurs. So Orkin recorded the metro areas where it performed the most bad bug treatments from December 1st of 2022 to November 30th of 2023. And the top five places were Chicago, Illinois, New York, New York, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Cleveland, Ohio, and Los Angeles, California. So they want to warn you that even if you don't stay in hotels or go to other places where you would think you could pick up some bed bugs, make sure that you do a routine check of your mattress and your furniture to ensure your home is pest-free. And they say before you freak out, take control by following these recommendations. They say look at places like mattress tags and seams as well as behind baseboards, headboards, electrical outlets, and picture frames. Inspect your house when you move in, after you take a trip, when a service worker visits, or after guests stay overnight. Decrease clutter around your home clear to spot bed bugs. Examine all secondhand furniture before bringing it inside your home. They're saying during travel, they recommend using the acronym SLEEP when you're traveling. So S, survey the hotel rooms for signs of an infestation like ink colored stains on the mattress seams and soft furniture, and again, behind bed headboards. L, lift and look in bed bug hitting hiding spots like the mattress, the box spring, furniture, behind baseboards, picture frames, torn wallpaper. E, elevate your luggage away from the bed and walls and move it to the bathroom or counters. Examine your luggage while repacking and after your home. Store luggage away from your bed. T, place clothing from your luggage in the dryer for at least 30 to 45 minutes at the highest setting after you return home from a trip. So they definitely want to make sure that we are, you know, educated with these recommendations to prevent 
infestations in your home. Next, we have a piggyback story of a story Pastor Steph told the other day. A new report from City Comptroller Brad Lander estimates New York lost an estimated $108 million in 2023 because of fake and obscured license plates that speed cameras and tolls could not detect. New York City, um, New Yorkers are saying they have seen videos and advertisement all over social media pushing products that help obscure your license plate. One New Yorker said he admits he thought about doing it to save money, especially when congestion prices kicks in. New York officials say speed camera programs save lives by changing driving behavior and by any account has been incredibly successful with 65% of ticketed vehicles receiving only one or two tickets since the start of this program in 2014. This means that drivers are driving safer on the streets which makes our communities and neighborhoods safer as well. And they're saying that police are definitely cracking down on drivers they find with these license plate obstructing items. And we have definitely been talking about the budget cuts and the migrant costs. So $108 million is nothing to ignore. So... Drivers, beware. They are definitely out making sure that these things are not on the cars because they need this money. Next, we have everyone's favorite mayor, Mayor Eric Adams, in the news again. And this time it's not about the migrants. So apparently there's a battle over the How Many Stops Act which requires officers to publicly report on all investigative stops, including relatively low-level encounters with civilians. They say as of right now, police are currently only required to fill out reports following reasonable suspicion stops where an officer has the legal authority to search and detain someone. So Mayor Eric Adams is fighting to keep this How Many Stops Act from becoming law. Adams argued that it would slow down police work and put officers in awkward situations of having to ask for names, contact information, and even racial data during routine patrols and emergencies. So Adams vetoed the bill on Friday but the city council has enough votes to override his veto. Adams is trying to prove his point by inviting some city council members to ride along with police to see how unnecessary, in his opinion, this law is. So I'm definitely interested in what the people think and what our due time members think. So, of course, we always like to hear from you, so let us know. Do you think that this How Many Stops Act 
should be a law, or is are you on the side of Mayor Eric Adams who says this is just doing too much? And now we have our wow story of the week. We have a story of an undercover thing gone wrong, question mark. So Eric Dupree, 30 years old, tried to flee on a friend's motorcycle after he was caught selling drugs to an undercover police officer. Former officer Eric Duran was standing on the sidewalk as part of the buy and bust operation, which was carried out by the Bronx Narcotics Unit. Surveillance video showed Dupree driving the motorcycle on a sidewalk toward a group of people, including the sergeant, who was not in uniform. As he approached, the video shows Duran pick up a red picnic cooler and throw it. Dupree is struck, loses control, and is tossed toward a tree as the motorcycle veers into the street. The bike smashes into a metal barricade before coming to rest against a parked car. Dupree, 30, was, was pronounced dead within minutes of being struck. So now the former officer is being charged with manslaughter, criminally neglect, uh, negligent homicide, and assault. Deron's next court date is April 18th. Now, I'm just not sure if I agree with this. They say Dupree hopped on this motorcycle and was going 40 miles per hour on a busy sidewalk again in an attempt to flee after allegedly selling drugs to an undercover officer. His mom denies the claims that he was selling drugs and says that she was just on the phone with her son moments before he died. And she didn't believe that he was selling drugs. They're talking about how uh, Dupree leaves behind three young children, and he didn't deserve to die. So, of course, once again, we want to hear from you. What do you think about this whole situation? Should this officer be now charged with manslaughter and the death of this man? But... This has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. (laughs) Excuse me. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. And thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Vivian. Now, I must have been asleep because I had a real hard time this morning uh, keeping up. I, I I don't know. I don't know what happened here. <laughs> Girl, I hope you're going to be able to stick near this phone because I can't tell you. I remember three things about any of these stories. I stopped taking notes. The last two stories, I almost got nothing. I'm so sorry. I, I, you know what? I need to start going to bed at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon because my note-taking was horrible this morning. So 
Uh, here's what we're going to do. If you don't mind, when we get to the story, can we get a recap? Would you mind? Sure. Okay. And and, and, and please accept my humble apologies this morning. I'm just not, I, I just didn't follow well. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, girl. I don't know what happened. All righty. So catch up with us in a minute, Okay. Okay, no problem. All right, thank you so much. You did a fine job, as always. It's Pastor Steph sleeping on a job this morning, and uh, I'll talk to you in a minute. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. All righty. All righty, all righty, all righty. So I'm going to apologize to our loyal listeners this morning. Pastor Steph just couldn't keep up today, and... um Hopefully our ladies did. You know, they they listened to and they all have been here this morning. So we're going to I'm gonna to try to get myself set up here so I can say good morning to the ladies. So let's say good morning to our elder Natisha. Good morning, Elder Natisha. Good morning, beautiful. How are, How are you, you I am well, thanks. How are you over there? I am good. I'm good. I, I may have, I've been, I'm with you. I was still kind of in worship mode from prayer this morning. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I caught some things off too. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. And I won't say which other uh, due time lady, but I got, a, so you're number three. So Vivian is going to have to do overtime this morning because uh, <laughs> we have not been doing a great job this morning. So, oh, my goodness. Well, okay, so we're going to help Viv out. We're going to help her out. Okay, so okay. we're going to work together okay. here. We're going to try to pull everything that we heard. So we started off with all states, all the states in the nation of mm-hmm. the United States mm-hmm. were ranked to determine which State was the best in retirement to all reti- to retiring, and New York mm-hmm. City actually ranked out of all of them number forty four. Now you can tell us what you think if you're surprised or whatever, but I do have here that we, unfortunately, here in New York, were amongst Oklahoma, Rhode Island. Mississippi, Kentucky, and Florida was ranked number one. So, are you surprised at where number one, um, where New York City is kind of sitting on this list, Elder Natisha? And so, just so that I'm clear, it went from number one being the best and 50 being the worst, and New York was right. Right. Got it. Okay. So, um, no, I'm not shocked. I think, you know, the cost of living, everyone has been complaining about just how expensive it is to live in New York City, how, you know, a two-bedroom um, apartment can run you upwards of thirty-five dollars to $4,000. And forget it, a one-bedroom mm-hmm. apartment is about $2,000 and a studio. That means you ain't got no property. <laughs> a studio mm-hmm. ap- apartment can still run you like some fifteen to two thousand dollars. So 
Um, I'm not shocked about that at all. I think that, you know, that is something for us to think about, um, well, for New Yorkers to think about um, when trying to figure out, you know, uh, where am I going to live once I start start getting to a, a certain age? Where can I have more bang for my buck? Um, I'm not shocked that Florida um, is number one. I would have been curious to see where Delaware fit because I know a lot of people have been talking about Delaware because they, too, have low taxes. So um, Mm. I think New York has to get with the program, and we have got to make some adjustments to these taxes. All righty, all righty, all righty. Um, where's our lady Tamika? Let's see what she thinks. She's bounced around through the states over the course of her little life. So let's say good morning and see what she thinks. Good morning, lady Tamika. Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday to you. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I am well. How are you? I'm doing well. Good, good, good. All righty. Are you surprised that uh, New York is ranking so low on the totem pole? No. That is literally no surprise. You know, um, for the majority of my life, I've lived here. Just want to say good morning to my Georgian friends that are listening as well as my Virginian mm-hmm. friends, those are the two states that I've lived in, you know, and okay. we know for a fact, you know, it's kind of funny because when I go on vacation, however rare that is, and I go see my family, um, they look at me and they're like, oh, well, you know, such and such is high. I'm like, that's high. You should come to Brooklyn, you know, going to, <laughs> just going to a normal grocery store. You know, when I get down there, I start packing up stuff. And it, I, I'm like, oh, that's cheap. They're like, no, that's expensive. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me show you prices, real prices. You know, and they're amazed at how, you know, I've even got a cousin that says to me, I don't know how you live there, you know. Um, and that was prior to the pandemic. And now we're talking about now, you know, the price of chicken. You go in there and it's, ooh, eggs, you know, um, Sometimes I just shake my head and I'm like, uh, we're not getting we're not getting chicken at all because it's too pricey. Let's go with something else, you know. Um, and um, vacation spots, places to go, right here in New York, you know, you want to get away for a little while, and you know, you're looking at prices. You kind of have to juggle and decide, okay, is this worth that? You know, am I am I getting my bang for my buck? And most of the time, when you think about it, it's easier to drive to another state and enjoy yourself because it's cheaper, you know. So mm-hmm. New York being closer to the bottom with the price and the cost of living, no surprise at all. All righty, all righty. Thank you, ladies, for joining us today. Let's see what your girl, Shantice, has to say about New York being number 44. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. What do you think about New York City or New York being number 44 on this list here? Ugh. <laughs> when um, Vivian was talking initially, I was just thinking of, you know, when the 
go away. And I remember uh, I was telling them, you know, we go away, I, I'm going to make sure I pack this and I pack that. And when we get there, we got to make sure we're near Walmart or somewhere because we got to buy this cleaning product. And they was like, why are you going away? Why are you going away? And I'm like, well, you have to travel sometime. But they're not doing things the way that they should. So, I mean, being here, we don't really, like, vacation here or, you know, I don't eat out the way I used to because, the standards are just not where they were. So to hear that this state here is number 44, it's not really that surprising, but it's just like, dang, we, we're that low? Goodness, like, what can we do to step our game up? We can care about our establishment, and people think that these little things, you know, that it doesn't matter. And it's those little things that a lot of these um, business owners and the managers that think it doesn't matter, all of those little things that you don't think matter, they now add up, and that's why we're number 44. Uh-huh. You know, when when uh, when Vivian was reading, I was not surprised at all when you talk about retiring here in New York. And mm-hmm. to me, I think that's the operable word, retire. Um, we all know that it's expensive to live here in New York, but when you talk about retiring, that's something that you really have to think about because, you know, in order to retire, you're supposed to kind of be relaxing, lounging. You know, your hustle is gone. The desire to hustle is gone because you, you're kind of putting all that stuff, you know, to bed. And when you look around at the cost of living here in New York, you know, I I remind people quite often that, remember now, it's, it's a balancing act. You know, a lot of people go away because they say it costs a lot to live here, but we make money here, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, at your minimum wage, you could work at McDonald's and you're making $15 an hour. So, you know, you go away and you're not making that kind of money, and that's why it's a little different. But the cost of living is lower, and it kind of balances out to the salary. And, you know, as a, a person who you all always hear me talk about, I used to do payroll. We used to do payroll hours. We had 12 locations, so I got an opportunity to see how we pay people here in New York for doing the same job that people did in different states and we were paid much higher here than in other states so you know when you talk about retiring it it is a lot to have to you know kind of try to settle down but yet you know meet a senior citizen and our senior citizens aren't you know they don't get a whole lot of money you know unless they made some buku dollars they don't get a whole lot of money in their, you know, Social Security retirement dollars. So it would be kind of difficult to live here, you know, at these prices and things like that. And health care and, you know, all of that kind of stuff and rent. It, this is, it, it is difficult. So, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't want to tell people to leave, but because I ain't going nowhere. I, I'll visit. 
but I think I'm sticking in here in New York. I'm not going anywhere. So, you know, it's it's very hard for people to also relocate anyway. So, mm, I'm not surprised. I'm really, really, really not surprised. All right, ladies, I think I kept up with this one. <laughs> they say New York City is the second worst city for bed bugs. And we have partners, uh, hopefully I got this right, Chicago, Philly, L.A. Uh, and Vivian has an acronym for SLEEP. And, uh, you know, we went through this huge bed bug um, issue quite a few years ago. And to hear that win number two is pretty scary. Lady Tamika, what are we talking about here with the bed bug infestation? I am completely and utterly mortified. <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm... I, I want to say that I'm surprised. Um, second, wow, bed bugs. You know, um, hmm. and I was just listening to what she said sh- that you had to do. You know, I did have an occurrence one time, ironically, right here in New York, where I stayed at a hotel, won't call the name, and, you know, this was my first introduction to bed bugs. I had no idea what it was. It just came an you know, and I would look on my arm, and if you've ever bitten, been bitten by bed bugs, they have, it's almost as if they have a measuring tool. You know, they'll bite you here, and then an inch later, they'll bite someplace else. And I um, I was asking, you know, a friend of mine what that was, you know, and, and, and he said to me, I think that's bed bugs. I literally, because I had no no idea, you know, I went to the doctor, and, you know, because I thought at one point, I was like, you got to be crazy. This is a sickness. You know, um, and when I went to the doctor, sure enough, you know, I had been exposed to bed bugs. And, of course, then at that point, now I'm traumatized because when I finally get home, you know, now I'm scared, you know. Um, bed bugs will make you paranoid. You know, you start seeing things that you, you never saw before. You know, you start looking in places that you never think to look, you know, for a possible infestation or even just one, you know, and they accumulate so quickly. You know, for New York to be on the second that is so considerably scary. You know, it's almost at a point where, you know, you're best to stay home, you know, coming out. We live here, you know, so it's so entirely scary. You know, who's coming into your home? You know, what are you bringing into your home? We have to really be safe and, and, and safeguard those we love and care about, as well as our personal effects. All right, all right, all right, Shanti. Number two, worst city. Make me want to walk around with a spray bottle of alcohol. No, like you don't know we already do that. (laughs) I mean, I do, I do, but I only have them in one of my bags. I need to make sure it's in all of my bags now. So regardless of which bag I take, it's there. Uh, I, I I believe it's a matter of just um. You know, just taking precautions. Unfortunately, you know, you're not going to always be able to cover every single base all the time, which is understandable. But if we just take whatever, you know, necessary precautions we can take, um, I think it's just 
a lot of times it's just for carelessness. Again, when people don't think it's that serious and you don't have to do that, you know, something as simple as like, okay, if I go to work and I take my coat off and I put my coat, you know, wherever, don't now come home and put my coat on the couch maybe before I just quickly wipe it down or something or before I hang it up back up in the closet near my other coats or my other clothes. You know, a lot of times something like that can help possibly with, you know, spreading it. And I think because New York is so busy, you know, we're so busy here. A lot of times it's like, oh, I'm too tired to do this. I'm too tired to do that. You know, just take my clothes off and just throw them on the bed or, you know, do this, that, and the third. I think stuff like that is what's now helping it to, um, you know, spread around here. And I, w- I never forgot, I never forgot, I'm sorry. Um, I never forget the other day, I think it was last week, I was going to get on the bus and we're standing at the bus terminal waiting and next thing I knew, I look over and one, <laughs> two bus drivers had to like literally carry a homeless man off the bus. And I was like, "Um, how did he get on?" Now we know that we see the um, the, the homeless people in the subway. But I was like, "How did he even get on the bus?" Because this this wasn't like you know one of the people they're homeless, but they may not look homeless. No, he looked homeless, and he's carrying off the bus. And then after they take him off the bus. You know, he the bus driver goes and he, um, you know, throws the the gloves that he has. And I'm like, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he probably figured, okay, I work for MTA, but if I drive the bus, this may have, you know, this may be one of the things that I don't have to concern myself with because I'm driving the bus and not working with the trains. You know, but even you know things like that. But I think it's really the the busyness of this city and maybe even the state, but especially New York City that we just have to, you know, just be a little more careful about where we put our things, what we touch, what we don't touch. But, uh, I'm not surprised that we're number two at all. Mm, all right, all right. Elder Natisha, you know, you've got this um, acronym, SLEEP, and this will help us to follow up with how we, you know, check our things for bed bugs. What you thinking? I think that that's a reality. Um, You know, I I travel quite a bit, and so I am always carrying um, my solutions and stuff like that with me in, in my bags when I travel. And every time I come home, I refill my concoction. Um, that I spray on the bed. So I undo the entire bed of any hotel that I'm staying in and spray the entire mattress and headboard and stuff because one of the things that I've noticed, you know, now that I travel so much is how they don't really clean thoroughly in these hotel rooms. Like they, they are not clean thoroughly. If you happen to ever just, you know, lay in the bed and kind of look behind the uh, the night table, you'll see food stains on the walls. I just, it's just, they don't clean thoroughly at all. So I think it is a reality. I think, you know, especially in metropolitan areas where there's a high number of people. And the truth is, while, you know, I, I'll see how disgusting hotel rooms can be, the truth is, when you have so many people frequent, you know, an area and a space at high value, it's hard 
it is hard mm-hmm. to, um, to to maintain a you know a particular standard, and so. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we just all have to be diligent. Sleep is good. Survey um, the, the room, lift, look behind headboards and so on and so forth. Um, I remember the other ones, but I know those two are ones that I always do. So I think it's very important. And carry your solutions. So um, that, mm-hmm. you know, two-part alcohol, that two-part alcohol, one-part water, um, is one that I carry. I even add a little bleach to it, you know, in order to try to monitor it. So I do think that it is imperative that we are, you know, diligent with that. Absolutely, absolutely. I remember when we were in the whole height of the um, issue with the bed bugs, uh, we actually got uh, caught out there. And the bad part about bed bugs is you really can't, you know, years ago, years ago, years ago, you know, bed bugs like, oh, you were nasty. But unfortunately, bed bugs means that you're just carrying it. You know, you're just a carrier. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to start with you. You just, if you go sit on the train or, you know, this place or that place or like, uh, you know, like we've been talking about, staying in a hotel or, you know, someplace, you know, all you have to do is pick it up. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are nasty. Like, you know, they used to think years ago, you know, you bring it, you can easily bring it in. And, um we got caught out there, and one of the things that the you know the guy told us was, all you need is alcohol. He said, when people come to your home, he said, spray your furniture down with alcohol. And Elder mm-hmm. Natisha, you know, gave us a solution. So whether you're mixing it with two parts and one part water, whether you're doing straight alcohol. And he said, all you have to do is where, you know, where people come and they've been, you just spray it down, and that does a lot of the fighting for you. That's not the only thing, but that does a lot of the fighting for you. You know, if someone brought it in, he said, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, alcohol is, is really good, actually, with um, um, killing them. Now, for you know, I don't know how many of you look at TV and you see people – they go sit on their beds with those and I'm like, oh gosh, just kill me. You know, that that there is should be a big no no for you. You know, you just don't take your regular clothes, your street clothes, you know. It's funny, we have like a set of clothes and we were just kind of raised like that. You have your street clothes, you have your house clothes, you have your bed clothes. You know, you just don't sleep and 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 or, or put take your outside clothes and put it on your bed and you know all that kind. Of, I, I it, it, you just might as well kill me. But that helps also to keep a lot of the you know activity down. You know, like it's you know like it was has been said. You know, I know some people when they come in, they shake everything down and they spray it with bleach mm-hmm. and blah 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 not bleach i'm sorry alcohol um and like elder Natisha said some things you can use bleach on um but yeah this is something that i'm not surprised we're number two in new york because it's extremely congested here 
and, you know, people are dying to come to New York and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so I'm, I'm not surprised at all that we are, you know, at that level um, on on the chain. So, you know, there are things, everyone take that SLEEP acronym and, you know, follow those uh, practices you know, make sure you, you keep that alcohol. Alcohol is not as expensive as it was back during the pandemic. Oh my gosh, it was five, six, seven, ten dollars a bottle. Um you and and they do, by the way, they do sell two types of alcohol. You have your regular rubbing alcohol and you have cleaning alcohol now. Since the pandemic they have come up with what they call cleaning alcohol as well as vinegar. You have regular vinegar and you have cleaning vinegar. So, you know, these are some of the things that you can, you know, um, use to, you know, help fight the cleanliness and the germs in your home. And uh, just be diligent. Be diligent. And hopefully, you know, you won't end up uh, falling prey or victim to this here bed bug thing. All righty. Now... This, you know, I'm going to be honest. I, I When I did the story about the fake license places, places, places and the device where they, you know, put that little thing over the license plate, I was really surprised. I was like, people, they really have this? I just thought that was in the movies. I didn't think you could actually buy that. Well, New York did rank um, where you had $108 million dollars. It was. It's crazy. The number's crazy. Um, and people are really also doing this fair, this toll evasion. Um, you know, this is, like Vivian said, you know, uh, this kind of money will definitely help if they collect this versus what we're going through with the migrants. Shantice, what are you thinking about this $108 million that we're dealing with, you know, with this uh, – these fake license plates and all of this kind of stuff. I just want to make sure I understand. So <laughs> all this money is going to us because people have fake plates on their cars, so now when they go through the tolls, nothing is being picked up, so now they have to pay for the for crossing the bridges and stuff? Right. Yesterday's story, this is like Vivian said, this is a piggyback story from the one that I think it was yesterday that we talked about. And they were talking about how they caught this driver. And they and, and Vivian furthered the story. This is a thing where they have the device that covers the license plate. And it, it helps oh, yeah. to, um, you know, these people to evade the toll. And they have um, uh, they have now uh, incurred. New York City has incurred 108 million dollars in this area alone. Mm. This is a lot of money in just this area. Yeah, yeah. I did hear about that. um, Them being able to cover it. So when you go through on the bridges and stuff they can't. Um, they may end up with more now that they have where they've um implemented an additional toll in the city. It it may mm. get worse. Where you know, and 
it's just the the work that people will do to make sure like for me I'm trying to like envision myself either buying a device or getting one from somebody or whatever and I'll put that on my plate so when I go through it's not um picking it up. At some point you're gonna get caught. You know, even if you're thinking, Well how can I get caught? Because it's not like years ago when you had the toll booth clerk so there's no one standing there who's gonna stop me so and so somehow you're 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 gonna get caught. You know, at the same time on um, you know, the other end, you know, are you really that surprised that this is what people are doing? Especially like I said, with now this additional toll Tolls are, I'm, then I'm hearing that tolls are going to go up again. It's like, and I don't know how much this device costs. I don't know, you know, they're investing money in that, and that's cheaper and paying a toll every time they, you know, they have to go. There's some people who have to drive to work. You know, it's not an option for them to take public transportation, whether it's because they're getting off too late and they don't want to have to now take public transportation that late in the night. You know, but it's, again, I'm not surprised it's sad. It's sad because it is money that's being lost, but somehow they're going to get caught, and God knows what the penalty is going to be for those who end up being caught because now how are you going to, okay, so this license plate FFFCR1, you know, how many? How are you going to now be able to determine how many times they've been able to go through the tolls without paying? Or, you, or you'll probably you know, be able to find out maybe is that they have this device on their plate unless they do kind of like how they do with um, being able to scan your, your, oh, well, they can't do it. But unless they do something where they're able to scan your car, like how the police go through each block sometimes and they'll scan your car or something and they'll be able to determine how many um, tickets you owe and then you get a, you come outside, you got a boot on your car. Unless maybe they do something like that, you know, <laughs> So you would have to remember to now, okay, I don't park, so I got to now take this device off my plate. So if the cops end up patrolling this area, I'm not caught with the device. And a lot of people may not remember because, again, living here is too busy for all of that. So I, I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not surprised. But somehow maybe something like that is a way that they'll be able to determine who has that on their plate and who doesn't. Mm, you know, Yesterday, the numbers were crazy, and this is how you can believe that, you know, you can get to a hundred and some odd million dollars. In uh, there was one company, the, the the story was just about the evasion on the George Washington Bridge alone. Now, New York has several paid um, bridges, and. One company in Weehawken, New Jersey, had two hundred and something thousand dollars there alone. Them alone, two hundred and something thousand dollars. There was another company in Lodi who had over a hundred and something thousand, and then you had another company who had 141,000 and then you had one Bronx company who had you know in the in the six digits so when you add up just those four companies by themselves look at where you are 
So it's very easy to believe that this actually, this number could actually go that high, Elton Atisha. What are you thinking about this evasion and, and you got a hundred and something million dollars in this alone? I think, I think you know, we can't be surprised by the the world doing what the world does. They they it's they're gonna get their money by all any means necessary. It's gluttony and it is and it is greed, and so they're thinking it is worth us investing money because it takes money to make money. So imagine if they're willing to invest that much money in trying to problem solve this, then how much money is going to come back as a result as a result of them solving this problem? And so mm-hmm. that's why, you know, it is um, such a, a big deal for, for them. I, the one thing I'm trying to figure out is why nobody hooked me up and told me about where to get the license, the fake license plate, <laughs> because these tolls are crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious These toes they are expensive And I think it's something to, to note I mean greed doesn't get you Greed causes people to try to find a way To evade it, Isn't it the better option to keep things at a reasonable price So that people You know what I'm saying People still have those that don't want to pay nothing But I think the majority mm-hmm. of folks who have to frequent using these tolls, they'll go ahead and pay it if it's a reasonable price. But when you start hiking toll fees up to $16, almost $20 mm-hmm. One way. One way. One way. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That is ridiculous. And so then you will have people, nice Christian people like myself, trying to find out where to go and get uh, some type of something because I don't want to pay $20 to go across the bridge. (laughs) Mm. It's it's sad. It's sad because... You know, that was my thought yesterday when I was doing I was like, well, you know what? The more you increase, the more you're going to get these people who are going to do what they need to do. And you know what? Uh, criminals are criminals, you know. And people are people. If you don't think you're going to get caught, you're going to try it. If you if you think, you know, you, if you got away with it one time, you're going to try it twice. Twice makes 10. 10 makes 20. And as long as you think that you can get away with it, you will try to get away with it. And, you know, anytime you've got one company um, with with uh, 200 and something thousand dollars against their plates alone, you know, and they're not even necessarily talking about evasion. They're just talking about plates, plates, just fees against your plates. Um, how do you get, how do you allow someone a company to get to two hundred and something thousand dollars. Well, where you been? You been sleep? These people have been incurring these, you know, problem of uh, these these uh these rates are against their one license plates. You know, one set of license plates. So, you know, now we're talking about somebody's going James Bond on you, and they're getting this device that covers license plates. People are going to try it. Because people are, you know, mm-hmm. people are not, don't want to pay, plain and simple as that. And, you know, I'm saying to myself, okay, so you grab them and you snag them now. You know, what's the penalty? Are you just going to, I think they were saying yesterday that the total was, 
6000 and change, and it was 4000 something in actual um, the the actual tickets, but it was like almost 1500 in fees or something like something to that um, effect. So, you know, okay, so people pay the fees or whatever. They, that, that don't mean nothing to them. You know, they'll just start all over again or find something else to, you know, get around the system. So, you know, I don't think you're going to ever be able to stop this type of behavior, Um, you know, to charge the kind of money that they're charging one way to cross cross a bridge. And now you're talking about putting tolls, and they're saying that the tolls that they're about to implement here in Manhattan, it's going to bring them an average of $1 billion a year. A year. That's how much they're anticipating the traffic. That's how much they they that's how they set the toll rate. $1 billion a year. Why? You've already got insurances. You've already got, you know, all kinds of stop, stop, stop. And this is what makes people do the things that they do. And I'm not saying that, you know, people are not going to be criminals because people are going to be criminals regardless. But come on, don't don't make people, you know, really you add the add stuff to their thoughts. And and I think, you know, stuff like keep hiking up the fares. Keep hiking this. Keep you. Yeah, you pushing people because again, you didn't already said that New York City is the high, one of the highest states to live in. So now you're going to put all of this uh, um, uh, additional taxing. You really go. You really going to have all of these all of these little pockets of areas where you're going to have a whole lot of money. So if you were to go and find all these little things, yeah. We'd be the richest. We wouldn't be the, you know, the, the mm-hmm. hardest to live in. We'd be the richest. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. You, you keep on doing this stuff, you're going to keep on finding these people who are going to invest three, $400 in a device like this to go over their license plate because, listen, they'll ride the train as long as it'll go. If they get caught, when they get caught, oh, well, oh, well, and oh, well. All righty. We're here at the fourth story, and this is where I really fell um, down on the job, so I have to apologize. Uh, Vivian, are you available to give us an update on this Mayor Adams story? Ma'am. All right. Hold on. Give me a second and give me a second. Let me let me get my, my note taken together. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So there's this law or this act that they have called How Many Stopped Act that Mayor Eric Adams is trying to stop from becoming a law. And it is, hold on, let me find it. Okay, so the How Many Stopped Act will require police to do reports on any stop that they make throughout their shift. So if they stop anyone for any reason, this act will require for them to do a report, and he is fighting it. So he just vetoed the law, but unfortunately they have enough votes 
to override his veto and he is saying how unnecessary this would be and that it would be an inconvenience to police officers and it would have them asking questions that they would not normally ask such as names addresses and other personal information including race in order to successfully write these reports so he is challenging the city council to do ride-alongs with the police in order to see how unnecessary this law would be and the question is do you think that this law is necessary or are you on the same side as eric Mayor Eric Adams, who says, no, this is not necessary, and it would only slow down police work and put officers in awkward situations. Okay, I got you. Thank you so much for that recap. Um, I'm coming back to you for story number five. All right, thank you so much. Uh, Elder Natisha, what you thinking? uh, Why is it? Um, out of the scope of work to take time to find out three points, and that is to be able to identify their gender, to identify their age, so that you have some information about them. How, what's awkward about that? And why is that outside of the scope of your job? That If you're going to stop somebody, that you would at least have three articles of information about them before you move forward in your interrogation, search, or whatever it is. The, if you stop me, you, I have, we have a right to have a dialogue. Why is that outside of the scope of work? And why is that, seen, why is that deemed to be unnecessary as though the person you stop has no human rights? And so you want you 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 put police officers in a place we accuse them already of having that god complex but you continue to reinforce that god complex and you support them in that god complex when you say to them oh yeah no 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 if you're going to approach somebody and you're stopping the searching because you have a suspicion about something you ain't got we ain't got time to be asking no questions go ahead and do what you need to do just take them down now, I think that that applies to, whatever, you know, different scenarios, different situations. There may be some urgent situations where there's violence, and you don't have time for that. But if we're talking about a standard stop and search to treat me like I'm human, to be able to know my name, my age, and document my, my, uh, my ethnicity, I don't understand how that's deemed outside of the, the, the scope of, of work that they should be doing. I think that that is approaching a human like a human. Okay, okay. Shantice, what's your thought? Where does this man live? How do you not feel like this is necessary? And my my thoughts went um, kind of over to where, what Elder Natisha was saying. This is so y'all could just continue to do what you do. If for the most part, you're partnered up, right? So there's two cops in one car. If there's one patrol car, stop the vehicle. If one of you gets out and is documenting the answers and the other one is 100% attentive to what's going on in the vehicle, what is the problem? What is the problem? The second, if you see someone is not complying with keeping their hands still or something like that, 
what what you have to back you up? Body cams. Bam. Okay. So now I didn't get to I didn't get a chance to get to question three because I had to now assist my partner who was, you know, eyeing everything because everyone started getting unruly in the car. But you have the body cam to back that up. But you got the answers to question one and two. But now you're telling, so what you're really telling these cops is you continue to move the way you want to move when you stop these people. So then you might as well tell them they ain't got to read no rights. Because isn't reading the rights, this don't sound too much different for me than reading your rights when you arrest someone. Uh, I'm I'm really not understanding what it just it seems like. So and then again, you want them to ride along. Are you part of the ride along? Are you going to go to the precinct and get in the car and ride along? You keep suggesting things that you have no parts of. I don't understand how. And 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 oh, look at how God is being a boy, pastor. God has you going over lessons and verses on teaching us how to be the boy. He he needs to sit in on some of these church lessons, so he so he don't go to church possibly. You, this is what part of being the boss is. You cannot expect others to do what you have not done, and what you are not willing to do. I don't want to hear nothing about when you were a cop because obviously you weren't that good at it, because you would understand certain things that still need to take place, and things continually to get continue to get worse. So these things need to take place because, as Elder Natisha said, this protects the rights of the civilians, and it also protects you so that the civilian is not able to say you did or didn't do something because you have it documented that you did take these necessary steps. So you're just telling the cop that it continues to be a free-for-all, do as you wish, you will, you will continue to not get penalized for what you do, right or wrong, and the civilian will always be wrong. And you need to stop suggesting that they do things that you have no parts of. Mm-hmm. What is the election? <laughs> you know, I think about the Bible when it says examine the facts. <laughs> How in the world would you ever be able to do your job efficiently if you did not do the bare necessities, get the bare pieces of information? And the 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 the, uh, the fast tracking has not gotten us anywhere. The slow tracking mm-hmm. hasn't gotten us anywhere. Has not gotten us anywhere. There is no way you could possibly think this is again no plan. There is something in place because of all the things that have happened in the past, where at the end of the day, these cops could not answer some of the bare information, and they don't know anything. And when it comes back, oh, I didn't know the age, or I didn't know this, I didn't know that, or, you know, uh, or or I I didn't know that they were this, or they were that, or they were this age or that age. No, you cannot fast-track this process because this will become an utter mess it is already a mess with certain things intact so now you're going to eliminate this so what does it become after you eliminate and it's already a mess so i you know I, i'm i'm really boy I, you know i i don't know who's advising him I don't know where these ideas are coming from, but I think it was last week when we said it. You continue to be the face of stupidity, 
And every time, it's gotten to the point of every time you open your mouth, it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, it just Mm -hmm. gets worse. And, 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 And for you to be able to say these things and go to bed at night and say, phew, Job well done. It's amazing. <laughs> it, it is amazing. And it just really shows how much we need to be governed by someone in the Lord. Because just just sim- simple things um, that come with, you know, just common sense. Just common sense. It, it, before you even get to the Bible, just common sense. You need, because everybody is not the same because everyone will do their job differently because you have people who have um, these rules, but they will step outside of the parameters of the law. You need to have these things. Now, you're about to waste time and money on another process to only find out what. So I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel less and less sorry for him. Right. Yeah, and I, I feel less and less sorry for him every time he opens up his mouth. I really do. I really, really do. It, because it just—he's just getting worse. He's just getting worse. So I—I I don't know. I don't know. All right, Viv. We got our wow story of the week, and uh, I'm sorry. We need that final recap, please. All right. So the wow story of the week. Is about an undercover thing gone wrong. So Eric Dupree, a 30-year-old, tried to flee on a friend's motorcycle after he was caught selling drugs to an undercover police officer. So they say that the former officer, the now former officer, Duran, was standing on the sidewalk as part of the operation, and surveillance video picked up Dupree driving the motorcycle on a sidewalk toward a group of people. They say that he hopped on his motorcycle and was going 40 miles per hour on a busy sidewalk. The former officer picks up a red picnic cooler and throws it at Dupree. Dupree is struck, loses control, and is tossed toward a tree, and the motorcycle veers into the street. Uh, Dupree is pronounced dead within minutes of being struck, and the former officer is now being charged with manslaughter, criminally negligent homicide, and assault. They're saying that, well, of course, Dupree's mom is saying that she does not believe that the allegations are true. She says her son was not selling drugs during the time of his death, that she was on the phone speaking with him just moments before his death and does not believe that he was selling drugs. They are talking about how he leaves behind three young children and that the officer should be um, charged with these this death and that, of course, Dupree did not deserve to die. And the question on the table is, what everyone else is thinking, do you think that this officer should be charged with um, the death of this young man? Again, he was allegedly caught selling drugs to an undercover cop, tried to flee the scene with a friend's motorcycle, 
and the officer on the scene took action, which caused the man's death. Mm. Thank you for that recap, Vivian. Mm. No problem. All right. All right, Shatish, you've got the first leg on this one. Should the cop be charged with manslaughter plus for the death of this individual? Well, if this was a sting, then more than likely there's some type of surveillance. So if it was on camera or audio that he was selling and what made him now flee, why are you running? What are you running from? Um, if this was true and he was doing that, I don't think the cops should be charged. You know, you, you're you riding, and Keddie talks about this all the time, about people with these bikes and these scooters and stuff on these sidewalks. Sidewalks are for the pedestrians to walk. So now you're talking about you're on a motorcycle going 40 miles per hour with people all on foot, kids all on foot. You could have ran someone over and killed them. So now someone throws something at you to try to stop you, possibly you hurting or killing someone else, and now you unfortunately passed away. I don't think that was the you know point of him doing that, but unfortunately you passed away. I don't think he should be penalized for the death. It may sound crazy, but you were fleeing from a crime. And again, you could have possibly killed someone else. So now in the midst of you trying to be stopped, you lost your life. I don't I don't see why he should really be penalized for that. Okay, okay. Thank you. Elder Natisha. I agree. I don't I mean, I think that um unfortunately it is a life that is lost and I think, you know, if we swap positions and you know, we are the parents of that child with then as a parent, you know, you 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 want to fight. You want to fight because your child is not here. And when you're the parent, it's, I don't care what he did, did he deserve to die? I think the problem is he didn't deserve to die, but he put himself in a position to die mm-hmm. um, when he made with, with his choices. And so, you know, I, I think that's the sober-mindedness that we have to look at, you know, look at this with is that he put himself in that position. No, um, we, no, no one wanted. I mean, I think the officer, you know, could have done so many other things, but he was trying to stop him. He was trying to stop him from fleeing the scene of a crime. He didn't pull out a gun and shoot him to kill him. Then we would have a problem. But he, what he did mm-hmm. was he threw something in order to try to stop the motorcycle. But in stopping the motorcycle, you, without a helmet and all those other things that are necessary for you to, to be on a motorcycle, you, you got dead, you know? And so it, it's unfortunate, but um, you have to be sober-minded about it. He put himself in that position, and I do not think that the officer should be held accountable for that. Okay, okay. I happen to agree with you, ladies. I think it's just an unfortunate incident. It was an unfortunate occurrence, and it was an unfortunate um, result. Um, I think, you know, they're still investigating when the, the, the young lady, the pregnant girl, had stolen the stuff and was fleeing, and the cops shot when she was driving the car toward the cops. 
this is a shooting. This is nowhere near that. Um, you on a bike fleeing. And, you know, as for mom who says the son wasn't selling drugs, were you there? How do you know? Were you there? Were you there? Now, we do have some instances where they, you know, they have said that people were doing something and at the end of the day they weren't. You have the other, and you have on the other side of the fence where the people said they were doing something and mama standing on the side talking about no, 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 and yes, 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 it was. You weren't there. You were talking to him. Well, how he on the motorcycle if you talking? What was the was the conversation abruptly ended? Because it would have to be. Because how you getting on the motorcycle with one hand and you talking on the other hand with the other hand with the phone to your ear, you know. So, you know, there, there's a lot of questions, and I think Shanti said one of the key things: if there's any level of surveillance, let that speak, and and be the governing, you know, um, authority as to how we rate this. But as you know, from hearing the story. You know, I, I think it was mild. You know, he threw a water cooler. Yo, that is mild. Because let's say for argument's sake, mm-hmm. he was driving by him and he kicked the motorcycle. Could he have hurt himself and hit his head and died? Yup. It, it could have been the same result. So, unfortunately, you have this result. But I agree with the ladies. If you did not put yourself in that position, you may not be on the other side of the grave right now. And I think this this has a lot to say for, you know, hey, let, let's make better decisions. And, you know, there's a lot of questions here. Why, 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 what, 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 how, how, how. And, you know, based on the information that's given, it just, it just doesn't look good, you know, it, uh, coming from your angle. And, unfortunately, you, you know, you ended up losing your life. But you were on a, a – uh, you were driving a motorcycle on the on the sidewalk. That could have very well been a pedestrian that you killed or you caused mm-hmm. to die. And what would have happened mm-hmm. then? What would mom have said then? So I, I think, you know, it, it, there's a lot that needs to be, you know, really sorted out. But based on the information that we're getting, it doesn't look good for him. And I don't think they should be, you know, if you're going to, uh, penalize him for throwing a water cooler and stopping uh, um, someone from fleeing who just committed a crime, then what you going to do with the police then? What are you going to do? You don't mm-hmm. want them to use their guns unnecessarily. He didn't. He didn't. This was one time he there was no gun. So what do you now say to your cops? So you, you, you all of this stuff really makes the muddy the water and and we're going to end up with a whole bunch of other new problems at this point, you know. So, uh, unfortunately, this is where we are. And, oh, boy, if we if we make better decisions at times, sometimes things won't work out so badly. So, oh, oh, boy. Well, ladies, we have a short, short moment um, left. And I do want to thank you for indulging us. Vivian and myself on the uh, Socially Conscious segment, and we're talking about idols today, and, you know, 
how we <laughs> how things become an idol easily easily slip and become an idol we don't intend for it to become an idol but it does and you know how do we how do we deal with this stuff here when we realize that it has become an idol how do we now sh- make this shift and one of the things when you become an idol yourself when you become the idol, ooh, and you know, I got a couple of minutes with Vivian. We've lost um, our lady Tamika today due, due to some technical difficulties. So um, we don't have a fourth leg, but we do have a third leg. So uh, Vivian, let's grab you. How do you become an idol? How do we become an idol ourselves? I would say just always putting yourself first. I feel like this is definitely something that I struggled with. And it came from a need to want to protect myself. And you become an idol in that way, where you put yourself above anything and everything else. So you always do what's best for you. You're always thinking about you. You're always, you know, want to do what's comfortable for you. And in in, in my mind, in that sense, that becomes, you become an idol to yourself because you should be doing, you know, the will of God. God should be above all. So if he's putting you in uncomfortable situations, it's because he's trying to grow you. But because you're always concerned about you and your comfortability, you go against the will of God, and thus you make yourself an idol. Mm, All right. Good start. Good start. Good start. Elder Nitisha. You become an idol. People don't even realize that this can actually happen. How how real how real is this? It is very real. I mean, we're human, and so self preservation is always a top priority for us. How to best serve ourselves? How to uh, be happy? Um, the idea of choosing yourself over. Uh, or choosing your own happiness over the happiness of, of others. And sometimes you can do it, and it can be unconscious. It doesn't even have to be that you have made a conscious decision. It is just a part of our human nature to self-preserve. And so in order to counter that, we have to be prayerful. We have to have that God consciousness at the forefront. That takes intentionality. That is how you combat that unconscious self-preservation. It's by having God intentionality. It's being intentional about the fact that in me dwells no good thing. My heart is deceitful. I have the ability to function in ways that I do not attend, intend to. Paul says it, right? The things that I don't want to do, that's the stuff I find myself doing. And so the ways that we combat that is by being intentional, intentionally to love others above our, ourselves, intentional to care about our neighbor other than ourselves. And that is how we put God right back in his rightful place, and that as king and lord over our lives instead of our own best interests. All righty, all righty. Shanties, you become the idol. Mm. Yes, when the word I is your favorite word, I do this, I do that, I'm the reason for this, I'm the reason for that, Um, I go to work and I make it happen, 
And I had to tell someone a couple of weeks ago, okay, we're going to end this conversation because you don't even understand what you're saying right now. Because everything is, you know, God can do that. I'm the one who, do this, who does this. I'm the one. And, like, you don't understand how you're making yourself an idol. You're, you're making yourself the one that is to be worshipped and praised. And now it's all about what you want, how you feel. You're never, ever consulting with God. You're never going to him. And even respectfully going to him, like, okay, God, this is how I feel. How do you feel about what I feel? You know, how do you feel about what I want? You know, even if you don't know how to go to him with the automatic question of, God, what is it that you want? But this whole I, 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 that's what got the devil in trouble. I, I want to be bigger than God. I, I want to be worshipped. I, I want the angels to follow me. And they did, right out of heaven. So if you learn to stop using the word I so much and start learning to put it in your vocabulary, and that's something that I had to learn to do, and I could care less how anybody else feels. Whether you're a believer or not, you are going to hear that it's not about what I want, it's what God said. And as one said, oh, so you don't give yourself any of the credit? No, let, let God tell you that he... He's proud of me. Okay, I, I can't afford to be doing that right now, all right? God said, I need to make sure I'm doing this. God said, and the more you start to really make that a genuine part of your life and your vocabulary, it's a lot easier for you to now take the focus off of yourself and let God show you that, yes, it is about, you know, what I want, but I'm now feeding into you what it is I want and now you can learn how to see yourself the way I see you. It's not all this I, 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 I. But I believe that I word is what keeps us in trouble a lot. Mm, amen, amen. Let's grab uh, Lady Tamika really quickly. And we're going to talk about approval being the idol. How does approval become the idol? Oh, my goodness. Mm. Um, that's a big one. Um, and I think it hits, I could be wrong, but I think it hits women far differently. Um, from the womb to the tomb, we have a tendency to try to seek approval. If we're not seeking approval from mom or dad, you know, um, then after approval of mom and dad, it's boyfriend. Um, then after that, it's coworker or girlfriend, even in school, you know. There's a competition, you know, and then there's the media that says that we should be this and we should do, do that and we should look like this, you know, and we should acquire that, you know. We're often comparing ourselves to, to someone, you know, and so the approval that you need paramount to anything is God's approval. And so if he approves, then that's it, you know, and so that rat race of always trying to get you know, to look a certain way, to acquire a certain thing, to perform a, ter- a certain act. Even some, you know, we've seen instances where you do things that you wouldn't normally do. Simply to get approval. Seek God's approval. And that's all you need. Amen, amen, amen. Elder Natisha, approval. How do we end up letting that slide in and become an idol? Well, I think it it stems from um, the idea of comparison. Uh, Seeking approval of others actually is a cousin to um, this idea of us comparing ourselves. And so 
we, we're looking to, to, to the same people who we're comparing ourselves with. We're looking to them to answer questions that they can't answer because they can't even answer it for themselves. And so seeking approval from other people who are not the manufacturer of who you are, like the manufacturer of your intricacies, how you're made up, who you are, is God. And he's the only one who could really, one, love you thoroughly and completely and provide for you the answers that you need. So looking to others to validate you or to approve you, is it's a waste of time because everybody don't always have an opinion. But and even if it's a good opinion, even good advice don't, is not doesn't have to be godly advice. And so, good advice that's not godly advice is actually poison. Mm. <laughs> so I think um, you know we want to be careful with who we allow to pour into us and who we allow to prove us. You want to be approved by God. You want to be justified by God. Because he's the one who made you, and he's the one who completely understands you. Mm, good stuff, ladies. Good stuff. Shanti's approval. Some people wouldn't even believe that approval could be an idol. It sure is. And mm. because people don't even know what they want for themselves, you now find yourself chasing after their wavering thought of you. So today, I will never forget when I had to cut all my hair off. I had to cut all my hair off. And before I did that, one of my male friends said, oh, I, I can't. Um, one of his kids' mothers has a really, really, like the Halle Berry cut, really, really nice cut. It's a so pretty. But I can't stand women have short hair cuts. I can't stand it. I cut my hair and he's like, oh, what happened? I told him why. And then one day I had a wig on because you just never knew with me. Today at 5 o'clock I could be rocking my Caesar, then I put a wig on, and I take it right back off a minute later. And I put the wig on, and he was mad. And I was like, well, what's wrong with you? He was like, why you got the wig on? You should wear, wear your shortcut. And I was like, oh, but you said you don't like women with the short, you know, the short hair. And it just as soon as he said that, that, that comment that he made came back to me. And that, immediately I said, now, see, if I really cared about what he thought, I drive myself a drink. Because one second, you're telling me how you don't like this. And then the next second, you like it. And this is what happens when we actually care that much about people's approval. It drives you crazy. They don't even know what they like. They don't know what they want. So now it becomes all about what someone, it's almost like following the conspiracy theories going on out here. If you were to pay attention to every conspiracy theory, you would drive yourself to the nut house. You cannot make it all about what someone thinks. And I actually just saw a post on Instagram about this. Because God is the only one who is stable. So if we focus on God and focus on what he wants, what he tells you he wants, January 19th, 2024, January 19th, 3034, is going to be the same thing you are going to be striving for and working towards with God. But the second you make it about man's approval, you will never meet man's approval. I don't care who is, employer, family, you will never, because they are unstable. So you have to understand that unless you're following the stability of God, you're always going to be chasing and switching something up. All righty. 
All right, ladies. Uh, Vivian, you got relationships. How do relationships end up becoming an idol? Well, again, it's what you put above everything else. That's how I define it. So if your relationship is where all your importance lies, you can't do this because of your relationship, whatever the relationship is. So if you're putting your relationship above everything else, it becomes an idol. And the Bible tells us we can't serve two, can't serve two masters. So you can't be all for the relationship and everything you do is um, surrounded uh, uh, is, um, surrounded by the, of, of the relationship and serve God at the same time. Nine times out of ten, not even, ten times out of ten, people are always against God. So somebody is telling you to do something and they're a worldly person, and if you're focusing on a worldly person, you're going against God. So you cannot serve your relationships and God. One of them is going to be higher than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Lady Tamika, relationships. So I, I like um, Elder Natisha's illustration when we're talking about the maker, the master, the manufacturer of a product. You know, you're talking about two individuals, whomever they are, you know. And so if something is off, something is um, awry, um, you seek the master. You, you, you look the, the instructions, the GPS, if you will, of, of what's going on. And so you can't, you don't get the right to pattern your life based on <laughs> what you see. Here's the thing that's so funny about relationships. Y'all look golden to everybody else on the outside. And in actuality, you got the war of the roses on the inside and nobody knows. And so, you know, the the thing about relationships, you need to look to God for whatever the the relationship is, whatever the dynamic of it. He is the fixer. He is the financer. He is the healer, he is the grower, he is the, if you got the seed, he is the, the planter, the harvester, he gives everything that he is. And so seek the master, uh, the master builder for all concerns, especially when we're talking about relationships. Mm, good stuff, ladies, good stuff. Elder Naitisha, you know, the, the Bible tells us, you know, where Paul says, I wish you'd just stay single. <laughs> because when you get involved in these relationships, the Lord gets kicked to the curb. What? Why? 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 How do we go from dying to have a relationship and begging God for these relationships and telling God, God, I'll, I'll serve you, I'll do this, and as soon as the relationship comes, there goes God straight out the window. Because relationships consume a lot of emotional currency, period. A lot of emotional Mm -hmm. currency, which which, which requires a lot of thought time, a lot of strategy, a lot of effort. So there's just, you hear all the lots? (laughs) All uh, Mm -hmm. your full lot (laughs) is is going Mm -hmm. toward 
um, that relationship and, and how to be godly in the midst of those relationships, right? So whether it's a marriage, whether it's the dating scene, it requires so much of you that gets taken away from God. And so, again, here we go back to that word about intentionality. In order for you to maintain a relationship with God, you have to be intentional. And then, and really, it's being able to marry your relationship with God with marrying your relationship with another person because you then seek mm-hmm, God for the strategy mm-hmm. on how to deal with that other person. And so mm-hmm, it just it takes up a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of emotional currency and it takes a lot of spiritual tenacity. And I mean, I'll be honest, even as a wife, I had to be mindful about how much time my prayer was spent. If I'm praying for an hour, at 45 minutes I've been praying about this marriage, like, Jesus. Happening in the world. Like, there's world hunger, there's homelessness. Like, there's so many things to be praying about. But I've been praying for 45 minutes about God, please help me to love him, help me to treat him right. He gets on my nerve. He's mm-hmm. crazy. God, why? Do I have to say? <laughs> like, are you really calling me to this? And if you are, how? Give me strategy. Mm-hmm. It is a lot. It is a lot. And so I understand fully. It is beautiful. But I understand fully why Paul said what he said. Listen, if you are able to stay single and you are able to devote yourself to the things of God, then it is something so beautiful about that. Your, your space, your time is freed up to really be the hands and feet of Jesus instead of being divided between your relationship with God and your relationship with another person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, we got Shantice, and we are going to give you relationship as well as we finish this off. I believe that unless you understand, it's easy to make your relationship an idol, putting that at the top. You wake up, it's about your relationship throughout the day, it's about your relationship at night. Um, When you don't understand how much you need God in order to stay sane in this relationship, and it kind of goes with what my teacher was saying, when you really sit with God and allow God to teach you what it is to really be a friend and what it is to really be a girlfriend, a wife, a husband, a boyfriend, half the time you don't even want the job anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, I thought I wanted a relationship. I don't anymore. Thank you for the breakdown. And if you then, you know, if there's still something that you really deny in God, then blesses you with that. You understand that unless you keep God first, it is always going to plummet. It is always going to fail. It is always going to be all my prayers are consumed with this because this keeps me insane and I'm not going to be able to function if this part isn't right. And I don't care what you do in life. If you are in a relationship and that relationship is not intact, it will drive anybody insane. So if you put that relationship before God, just know that we have to also understand anything we put before God, God will allow that very thing to be the thing that slaps us in the face. So if we see a lot of times that this relationship ain't going right, most likely it's because you are putting that man or woman before God. And now God is saying, I'm, I'm now, I'm going to fall back a little bit and let you see what happens without my help. Because you're not going to get my help if I'm not first. 
So we really have to keep that in mind, that in order for the relationship to work, God has to be the number one man in your life, whether you're a woman or whether you're a man. God has to be the number one man in your life, the one you consult with, because he is going to be the one to teach you how to deal with yourself and with that person. Amen, ladies. Oh, my goodness. Again, a job well done. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you all have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you. You, you well. too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. All right, let's get to this benediction. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints, First Thessalonians three twelve and thirteen. Mm. Ladies did a fine job breaking down the idolatry issue in all of those particular areas. And again, we're talking about yourself. We're talking about approval. We're talking about relationships. You know, <laughs> you have to be on guard. You have to. You know, the Bible tells us to be, you know, vigilant because the adversary is, is always there lurking to and seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. You have to be vigilant even against yourself. You have to watch you because all the things that the ladies just got finished talking about, you know, Yourself becoming an idol, approval becoming an idol, and relationships becoming an idol. And, you know, we zone in on um, the prayer time. And, and I really liked that point, the prayer time point, and how much time we actually spend praying. And what are we praying about? You know, a lot of times we ask God for things, and then we end up being absorbed by becoming absorbed by those things. Before you know it, you know it, it, that that that's all we focus on. That's all we talk about. That's all we think about. And you know, I, I found myself asking the question again and again: How do we get there? How do we get there? You know, the moment you take your eye off of God. Now, how do we get that done? Well, when we're too busy to read our Bible. Oh, we're running around. We're busy. We got to do this. When we get up, you know, we say, uh, you know, a quick prayer. We give God thanks and we get to move in. Something happened this morning that happened a little differently. We got to do something today that we don't normally have to do, blah, blah, blah. And we're about our day. Somebody calls us and now they're calling us with our problem and have you ever had where you know your somebody called you with a problem and now you got that problem and now that highlights a problem in your own life and you know now you go to work and now you know it was your intention to do this this or this for the lord to read to pray a little extra to 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 run an uh, or do something for someone that 
that needed you or whatever, and because something happened at the job, completely threw you well off track, and before you know it, you're off and running into the next direction, and you're not doing what you know God would have wanted you to do. It's life, such as life. And that's how um, we become the idol. That's how the approval becomes an idol. That's how relationships become an idol. And do listen, don't kid yourself. Uh, 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 an intimate relationship is not the only relationship that can become an idol. Think about that relationship with them kids. I always say how people beg for kids, and when you look, they're running all over the place with these kids. It's soccer practice and this practice and that practice and that practice, and they got to do this for the kid and that for the kid, and then they got to buy this for the kid and they got to buy that for the kid, and they got to do this for the kid and they got to take it out again. Before you know it, the kid becomes the idol. And I entitled today's show those sneaky idols because before you know it, there you go. It absorbs you. All these things absorb you. And how do you keep from getting there? You have to stay before the Lord. And that is work. You have to make it up in your mind that that's what you are going to do. One little thing can send you off. I even think about some of the times with reading. And I've learned, Stephanie, you better do that reading first thing in the morning. Before you finish doing whatever you're doing, before you sit down, you better read. Because whenever I say, I'm, I'm, oh, okay, I'll do that later, I'm gonna, I always end up getting thrown off. And then that goes to the wayside. And then something else happens, and then the Lord gets thrown to the wayside again. And then somebody calls, or something happens, or I don't feel well all of a sudden, so now I don't pray because I can't think straight. And then, I'm, okay, I'll pray later. Before you know it, nothing happens. And it doesn't happen all at one time. Those sneaky idols. Those things that happen just progressively, they become, you become an idol. It becomes an idol. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That job that we've prayed for, I just recently had to tell somebody again, and you hear me say this all the time, how many times we ask God for a job and then that's, that's the thing that gets hit. We can't get to church because we're tired. We can't get to church because we, 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 we just worn out. And I said, how you give all your week to the job? And then here comes worship day, and you have nothing for God. The very God who gave you what you needed to get what you need and have. If it weren't for that God who you are sidestepping, how do you even feel comfortable with that? Because I couldn't feel comfortable like that. If God doesn't get your first fruit, something else will. Somebody will. And that's the idol. And we have to be very careful, very careful that we don't fall into that. Because it is a dangerous place to be. Like Elder Natisha said, you know, you spend this time praying over this man, praying for this man, after this man, worrying about this man, wondering about this man, asking God things about this man. 
God changed me so that I understand the man. And you don't even realize that that that, that has now become an idol. So let's be careful, ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and sisters, that we don't allow those sneaky things or that to become a sneaky thing because it sure shall. And I'm telling you, you ain't no different than nobody, than anyone else. If it can happen to this one, it can definitely happen to you. Just, just, just check. Do your checks and balances today. You know, I always say, let today be the beginning of. You know, sometimes we don't even think about these things until God just brings it to our awareness in a conversation or in someone else's conversation. And then it makes you think, well, let it be priority number one today that we assess our lives. Even if you have to sit and write it down on a piece of paper so we can make sure that God gets our first fruit and to make sure that there is nothing else that gets more time than God. Make sure nothing gets more time than God. Even your thoughts. You're so bogged down in your thoughts. And it's not malicious. It's not, no one's saying it's malicious. But you get bogged down with life. And life becomes the idol. The very thing that God gives you to glorify him now takes precedence now so come on let's make those uh lists today make sure that you know nothing sits before god because you know what we don't have past today we don't have past right now so when as soon as you get an opportunity today sit down and pray pray before you make that list go before the lord and ask god god give me the clarity, give me the understanding, give me the knowledge, help me to see if there is anything or anyone sitting above you today, right now, help me to see what's going on with me right now, because nothing deserves me more than you. I owe you everything that I have. Every breath I breathe, I owe it to you. Every thought I have, I owe it to you. Every word I have, I need to give it to you. And I want to make sure I'm on my A game. All right? All right. Let's do that together today. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, the ladies, for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity. Even if you've given your life to Christ, strengthen that relationship with him right now. Later is not promised to any of us. 
Until Tomorrow God Spares, where it's Therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.